This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Make UL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and J-Rod here with you, continuing our NBA free agency conversation. And though J-Rod, he's certainly not the biggest name when it comes to free agency, but he may be making one of the bigger impacts when it comes to title odds and figuring out who's going to win this whole darn thing next season. Eric Gordon is going to the Phoenix Suns, previously with the Clippers. Uh, Not quite a three-point specialist, but he did shoot better than 37% from beyond the arc last season. And the Suns did acquire a couple of key shooters comfortable uh, from hoisting it from beyond the arc, notably Bradley Beal. And I would make the argument that Eric Gordon addresses more needs for the Suns than, say, Bradley Beal does. And it also brings up this interesting idea that you especially should know as someone who has uh, followed the Heat for a really long time now, that even though we all assume that players want to make as much money as possible, sometimes players do want to chase after rings. And whatever the motivation is, it's not my place to judge. But it does suggest that with what Phoenix has done since, say, the trade deadline of last season and what they did acquiring Bradley Beal, it is possible that some role players would prefer not playing for as much as possible so that they can play for a winning team. And absolutely, the Suns are in contention, no matter what you think of them. Definitely, they are one of the top two, top three teams in the Western Conference. And it looks like Eric Gordon was willing to take a bit of a pay cut so that it could work for the Suns. They were already spending a ton of money. Uh, my understanding is they're sort of living in the second apron as far as the CBA is concerned. Uh, but if it is true that Eric Gordon took less so that he could play with the Suns, it does offer that philosophy that if you just get a bunch of star players, then maybe the role players will kind of fill out the rest of the roster willing to take less money, and that's how you create a champion. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen it, you know, how how many times have we seen, not necessarily the superstar, but we've seen the John Paxson, you know, you know, the, the, the Steve Kerr, those guys that make a, that make a a key shot in the game to win a game. Listen, if you're Eric Gordon, I mean, here's, here's the deal. I think if you're an athlete, goal number one is to get drafted and get that first contract, right? Goal number two, and I think it's probably the most important is to get that second contract because that's, that's, that's life-changing money, getting that second contract. And at that point, then it becomes getting a ring. And Eric Gordon is at that point of his career, trying to get a ring. And I think the Suns, in that playoff series against the Clippers, they saw firsthand what Eric Gordon can do. 
listen, if, if, if you want to make a nice bet right now, look for your six-man of the year odds. I think Eric Gordon could be a nice bet there to win six-man of the year. He provides, you know, very, fairly good defense for them, a ball handler and some shooting, and a very complimentary role to their superstars. And I think he, there's got to be some trust in that organization. You know, they Frank Vogel's the head coach. He's got a ring. He knows how to deal with superstars and that he won with LeBron in a bubble environment, which is, which is you know, a lot of complications there. And if you're Eric Gordon, why not? You're still in a great market. You're in Phoenix. You're, you know, you took a little money, less money. Clearly, he saved his money. Now it's time to, to, to get that ring. I have no problem with guys that ring chase. No problem because, again, to me, after you've got drafted and you've gotten that second contract, you're set for life, generational money, now it's time to get that ring. Get that ring, and sometimes that can be a good investment because then you can market yourself as someone who knows what it takes to win a championship. And so perhaps you can sort of skew it or spin it in a way to say, hey, to win a championship, that's going to help market me going forward. And even off the floor, after you retire, having a championship, mm-hmm speaking engagements, broadcasting, whatever you want to do, having that ring on your resume, no matter what you want to do going forward, uh, that's a pretty nice thing to add to your LinkedIn profile, to say the least. James Harden uh, opted into his final year of his deal with the Sixers, which means that in all likelihood he is going to be traded. There are odds out there that you can bet on as far as James Harden's next team and right now, the odds-on favorite is the L.A. Clippers at minus 200. Now, this makes a lot of sense in that it does seem like uh, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George that this championship window that the Clippers created, uh, it may be closing after next season. And so perhaps this is kind of an all-in mentality for the Clippers uh, where they can get one more shooter, one more assist guy, uh, which is really, really important. If, say, you've got uh, your star players healthy, uh, that matters a great deal since you're not just playing a ton of iso ball. But it does suggest that, you know, the Clippers are kind of in this win-now uh, motif, and that may be fine for them. But at the same time, the, this is never a market, J-Rod, that I like to bet into because even though reports may skew in one particular direction, there's really – no quantifiable way to say, okay, well, the Clippers have an 80% chance of getting James Harden, or there's a 75% chance, and here's the data I have to back this up. It, it does, it's not that simple. And yes, you've got other teams here that also would make a lot of sense as far as key fits. And there are also many prognosticators and pundits out there suggesting, hey, James Harden would be a good fit for, say, the Knicks at 6-1, to one, the Heat at 7-1. to one. Maybe if uh, the Dame Lillard thing doesn't work out, maybe Miami goes after James Harden and sort of forces Heat culture upon him. That will be interesting to see if it works out that way. Uh, but I definitely do believe that, say, among the quasi-favorites, Clippers, maybe he returns to the Sixers, or Knicks, Heat, something like that, probably it's going to be one of those four or five teams that's already been bandied about. Sure. And you got to remember the Clippers, they've got a lot going on. You know, they've got a, they got an owner in Steve Ballmer who isn't afraid to spend money. Okay. He's got all the money in the world and a dollar more than that. They've got a new arena coming up. So there's a lot of investment toward the future for the Clippers. So can you imagine rolling into a new arena with all those stars? They need that star power, especially playing in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, he had, there's some familiarity for James Harden playing with Russell Westbrook from their OKC days. But, you know, for me, because I have, maybe I've lived in Miami too long, all those markets, I've figured out 
plain and simple. Where are the best gentlemen's clubs? That's what gentlemen. That that's what James Harden is going to be focused on. L.A. pretty good gentlemen's market. Uh, Houston pretty good gentlemen market, and uh, you know New York's not bad as well. So we know he's not going to Houston. So I think L.A. is a perfect. Miami's not too bad either. So I've heard. So I think if you if you go from that sort of uh, mindset. I think he's a great fit in L.A. for a lot of reasons. And there have already been whispers. There have already been sort of the, the teasing of him coming to Miami before, before Damian Lillard, before, even, you know, during the Jimmy Butler, when he first got Jimmy Butler, and it didn't happen. I think if the Heat didn't pull the trigger on James Harden two, three seasons ago, I, even if they don't get Damian Lillard, I, I don't think they get James Harden. I don't think they want all those, all that baggage that comes with James Harden. Plus. That, that monster contract, I think, I think they'd go after somebody else. To me, the Clippers seem to be the favorite. It's, it's, they've got the money. They need the star power. And it, he's actually still got serviceable years left to win a championship. And, and L.A. is not afraid to throw that money around. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They're not afraid to throw that money around. My question, though, is I normally don't care about the split between regular season and playoffs because to me, Playoff basketball is almost a completely different sport where it's so matchup intensive and the best strength that you have is taken away from you in a playoff series and you're playing the same team over and over again. Playoff basketball is very different. And oftentimes I try not to just look at, say, a player's regular season split versus the playoffs because it is so contextualized. In the playoffs, it's a much smaller sample size and you really have to read into what happened in, in said series to have a better idea of, of what's going on as far as that player's overall ability. At the same time, it's hard not to look at James Harden's playoff history and have some serious questions. Is a franchise willing to take that on as far as saying, okay, James Harden, we know how to turn you into a superstar in the playoffs. We know how to fix whatever might be broken there. Um, it's possible, and certainly NBA teams uh, you know, should be confident enough uh, to be able to figure out that problem. But it is still a problem. There is something going on as far as that's concerned. And not to say that James Harden can't overcome it, but definitely there are enough playoff flops in his career to suggest that it is something that has to be addressed in some way, shape, or form. Now, it's possible because he's become more of an assist guy that maybe these kinds of things will fix themselves. It does also suggest that, look, the Clippers uh, you know, make sense as the favorites, but I do wonder if, say, James Harden would be better suited going to a team that's just trying to get over the hump as far as making the playoffs, and then they figure out what to do with them after that. That's why, like, saying, okay, he's that last piece before someone can contend for a championship. To me, that logic might be a little bit skewed. Yeah, and the question is how willing and how able is James Harden at this point of his career to sort of say, okay, let me get in the classroom and let me learn something new or let me do something new. 
you know, so is he more of a, especially to your point, Ed, in the playoffs, is he more of a complimentary guy where you've got a Paul Jordan, where you've got a Kawhi Leonard, you know, that can actually take up that star power, give me the ball kind of situation, you know, as opposed to being the star in a team that maybe is in a playing game situation or in the lower half of the playoffs. I think for James Harden, he's, he's got to figure out what he wants and what he's capable of doing. You know, I've always said not having success in the playoffs is a thing until it's not a thing. You know, how many times did we see John El- – did we talk about John Elway? Did we talk about LeBron James never being able to win a championship? It's, it's a thing until it's not a thing. And the, the one playoffs series or, or postseason that he does well, I think people will forget about it. The question is, does he need the help and does he need to, is he willing to go to school? I think L.A. is a great opportunity for him because I think it's a welcoming environment. The money is there, the extension is there, and the superstars are there around him that can work for him there. So that's why I think it's the favorite. I don't know if he'd be willing to go anywhere else. You know, he, there was some talk about him wanting to come back to Houston. Eh, you know, yeah, does he really want you know, to do that and, you know, be a playing game, seventh, eighth seed guy, and then and then sputter out in the playoffs again. You know, it all depends. James Harden doesn't really seem to be a guy that's, that's ring chasing. He's got all the money in the world. It's a matter of what he wants to do at this point of his career. I think L.A. is still the best fit. I will be curious because Houston still has a ton of money. They did pick up Dylan Brooks, uh, what was it, four years, 80 million, something like that. So Houston does have the God cap bless. space. Uh, to to make it work as far as getting James Harden to return. Uh, But yes, the Clippers probably make the most sense, but I wouldn't necessarily put money on it uh, as far as that market is concerned, because I think there's so many other extenuating factors that don't get reported. And so that's why that number, uh, you know, I'm not too comfortable betting into it. Speaking of the Western Conference, I've been really impressed with what the Lakers have done. It is still all about LeBron James. It's still all about Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. But the role players seem to be getting that much better. Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, they're staying in L.A. Reportedly, they've agreed to deals with Torian Prince, Gabe Vincent, still have Rui Hachimura, Cam Reddish is there. They did lose Dennis Schroeder to Toronto. But when you look at the supporting cast around LeBron and AD, how can you not be impressed? How can you not say, hey – they made a run to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, they were a seven seed, but maybe the seven seed part was the fluke, not the deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and here's my thing. And they did it with their star player who really shouldn't have been playing. LeBron, you know, was hurt. He, he, you know, they actually told him he needed to shut it down and have surgery, and he didn't, and he, and he kept pushing it forward. So a healthy LeBron, I think AD is the big factor here. You know, will he be healthy? Because we've seen when healthy, the dominant player that he can be. Listen, I think what I think what the NBA has shown us is that those role players are how you win championships. Yes, you need your stars, but you need those role players. I would be very curious to see what the win total for the Lakers would be when that comes out the future. I think they're definitely in the 45 to 47 win territory. Um, I think they're much better than a play-in game. And I think the Lakers have, have won in, in a very low-key way. They may have won the, the, the offseason so far. Uh, you know, Darvin, you know, Hal Darvin Ham comes to year number two. All the experience that he had, you know, dealing with LeBron and all that comes with being the Lakers coach. I think the Lakers did some really good things. And, and low-key, they're, 
they could be a force in the West. But again, to me, it all comes down to AD. He, how AD goes, that's how the Lakers go. Sure, I completely agree with that. The Western Conference is once again going to be an absolute gauntlet. And we haven't even talked about the Denver Nuggets. They, they really haven't needed to do very much. Largely, there, there isn't a middle class when it comes to Denver. It is all about Nikola Jokic. And then you work with, say, the supporting cast guys. Uh, typically, they're going to be younger. But definitely, Denver is still the class of the Western Conference. That's still the team everyone's trying to chase down. Phoenix could very well chase them down. The Lakers could chase them down, but they do both have a long way to go to try and knock off the champs. The Denver Nuggets uh, still mighty, mighty difficult. Uh, mighty, diff- mighty difficult matchup in the playoffs and still winning a ton of regular season games. Uh, Denver could very well repeat. We'll see, but they are in contention, no doubt about it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we will add another South Florida perspective. All your friends, J-Rod, just hanging out on the show, uh, taking over. It's cool. Ethan Skolnick will join us to discuss how Damian Lillard could potentially fit in Miami. That's right here on the BetQL Network.